Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by the Boss Builders. That would be us. Hey, for this year, we are really ramping up our training options. Now, post-COVID, we did a lot of virtual work. We had our Art of the Great Boss Masterclass. We had, I think, 15 or 20 different cohorts go through it, and we still have cohorts going through it today. It's a great program, one session a month for 13 months. But we also realize that audiences are ready for us to come back on the road and visit them at their house. And so we are implementing a couple of new programs. Well, they're not really new. Well, one of them actually is very new. The first one is our two-day driving results on-site management skills workshop. This involves learning how to manage people, learning about yourself, learning how to motivate, lots of exercises we do together, lots of opportunities to practice. Our second option, though, is a new hybrid option. And so what we wanted to do with this one is to establish an entire year with an organization. Three in-person, one-day on-site visits with virtual sessions in between. So in the in-person sessions, we can really work as groups. We can do some practice, some skill practice, and then we can touch base throughout the year with those individual virtual sessions. So that is our second option. We're obviously going to continue our Art of the Great Boss cohorts. But finally, you can also license and teach our curriculum. We've developed it to the point where really anybody could step in. There's a very robust train the trainer guide. I will also come on site and teach you how to teach the curriculum. So you could do it at your own time, your own pace, your own schedule. For information on all of these programs, just check us out online at thebossbuilders.com. Well, you know you've had a podcast for a while when you start to look back and realize that you've had a guest or a couple of guests on a couple different times, especially for big events like writing books. And so that's why this is such a special episode. Our guests, guests today are Barbara Mitchell and Cornelia Gamlin. Now, we've had them on the show two other times before. One was on Boss Builder Podcast, and I think we actually ported that episode onto HR Oxygen for the, uh, let's see, what was the, the big book of HR, I think was their first book. And then we had the next book, which we did, and you have to go back to this one, this was great. It was called, They Did That. And it was basically a book. And you know, you talk to HR people and they say, you know, hey, when I retire, I'm gonna write a book. Well, you know what, they did. Some of the stuff you're gonna read about is crazy, but you need to read it. And we had a great interview with them. Well, they have just completed another book. The book is called The Decisive Manager, Get Results, Build Morale, and Be the Boss Your People Deserve. This was a great time just catching up with Barbara and Cornelia, but the book itself is awesome. It is broken down into six big segments, which are finding and hiring the best talent, creating a positive employee experience, paying and rewarding employees, helping employees grow and develop, understanding policies and practices, and ensuring graceful endings. This is going to be the book that you need to buy for each of your managers. They write so well, easy to understand, great examples, and a great couple of people to interview. So you're gonna love this one. Just go ahead and sit back and relax and watch it. But before, we, well, of course you can't watch it, you can listen to it. But before you listen to it, let's go ahead and go through the procedures. Make sure that personal item's tucked under the seat in front of you. Make sure that seatbelt is buckled low and across your hips. Time for us to taxi to the runway. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. 
Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. Barbara Mitchell and Cornelia Gamlin, welcome back to our show. Thank you. Great to be here, Mac. Yeah, we always enjoy coming back and chatting with you. Well, I was talking about this earlier. I did a little quick look before we logged on. This is our third conversation. Each conversation is when you write or re-release a book. And so a few years ago, you re-released the uh, the big book of HR, which I have right here. I have it on my bookshelf. And then we did They Did What? And that podcast episode, I don't remember the number. It was about two years ago. Yeah. You absolutely, number one, need to buy the book and listen to the interview because it just makes you realize how much stuff goes on that you have no idea, but it's kind of cool to know what goes on. So they did what? Talk about a great party book. And yet we have a new one on our list today. It's called The Decisive Manager. How to get results, build morale, and be the boss your people deserve. Now, if you're listening to this today, you are either an HR professional who's overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated, or in fact, you might be a manager who is overwhelmed, overstressed, and often underappreciated. So there's something for everyone today, but let's talk about the book. But before we do that, you've been a writing pair for a very long time. And so let's talk about the origins of this book and how you all work together, because one of you is in D.C., the other one's in New Mexico, which, of course, nowadays we're used to that, but that's still a little logistical challenge, two hours of time difference there. So tell us about the origins of this book and the process of writing it, and then we'll start digging into it. Okay. Well, I was going to say that you know we, our story started when we wrote the first edition of the Big Book of HR, and I think that's how we, we set out how we were going to work best together. And one of the things we always did is we met every week when we were both in the same geographic area. And then once I moved, we we had already recognized we had to stay in constant contact, if you will. And we do a, a weekly meeting, telephonic meeting. We were doing this before COVID hit. So we, we were just used to jumping on the phone every Tuesday, like we always did. That, that was kind of our day. And that, that's how our process has really evolved. And I'll let Barbara tell you a little bit more about the origins of this particular book. All right. Well, one of the things I think, just to your point, Mac, about how we work together, I think the, the real reason that we, we work well together, we've written multiple books together, and we're still good friends, which I think is remarkable considering uh, how that doesn't always work. But one of the reasons that's happened is that we respect each other's uh, strengths. We do not have the same strengths. Yes, we both write, but we have different strengths within the HR business community. And so we never get in each other's way. We will we'll, we'll collaborate, but we don't critique each other's work or uh, and, and ever get in the way of, of turning out a good product that's the person who needs to write it is the person who writes it. And I think that's a key to being a, to a writing partnership. So in your writing partnership, which of you is the one that has to spur the other one on? Or do you, <laughs> do you both kind of keep it going? No. That would definitely be me. It's like, if, if there's a taskmaster, it's me. I mean, and, and, and that's, you know, again, also speaks to our, 
our processes are different. You know, we work differently. And, you know, I recognized early on and Barbara admitted, you know, A, I need deadlines. So, you know, I, I work best if I have a deadline. So don't just tell me, oh, you know, we need this, you know, a couple, in a couple of months. Give her a definitive date and, um, and hold it to the deadlines. And, you know, and, and it works, really works beautifully for us. It's, it's not like, you know, we're all over each other, but it's just kind of, you know, we're coming up against that deadline. You, you need to get that finished. And, and yeah, and it works well. It really works well. For any of you that are Myers-Briggs people, I am on the P, I'm off the charts on a P. I would never finish anything because I'm always looking to uh, do it differently, do it better, learn something from it, but finish something. Why would I want to finish it? There's always more to do. And when you have a, a publishing deadline, that does not work. So Cornelia is absolutely right. I have learned that, that I've, I've written with two co-authors, both of whom are uh, very good at keeping me in line, and I'm very grateful for that. Well, I don't know, Barbara, if you and I wrote a book together, it'd be the greatest book that was never finished. <laughs> uh, and I'm like you, I can't focus. And, and if I have the deadline, then I usually, the night before the deadline is when I'm ready. Oh. I'm you, really give me a, you give yeah. me a month to do something, I will waste I'll 30 days. And yeah. on the 31st day, I'll get it done. Well, I knew I liked you, Mike. Yeah. And I think I might be married to you, Cornelia. I'm <laughs> kind of thinking that. Yeah. I, my wife's very clear to make sure I know exactly when everything's due and it's got to be done before. So, But the beauty of your partnership, though, is that the two of you are aligned that way where you understand that. And it's kind of interesting, before we logged on for our episode, I was talking to somebody, we're going to be doing a temperament kind of keynote event, and we talked about that. That's that, you know, you, you make names up for people, you know, so like Cornelia, you might be the stickler, you know, and Barbara, you're like the, you're the, the, the laggard or whatever, you know, you never get things done on time, but there's reasons for that. And the thing is, it's like your methods work well for you, and I think you've been able to to work well together. I never asked you this before. I'm going to do it now. Um, how did the two of you meet and set up this partnership? We met many years ago through uh, SHRM uh, and knew each other professionally for many years in our uh, volunteer capacities. Uh, and then uh, how we got to write together. I had written a book with someone I know you know, uh, Mac, Sharon Armstrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, a book called The Essential HR Handbook. And Sharon and I worked on that. And then the publisher came back and asked us to write another book together. And, and Sharon said, and I think she's probably used this line with you, that she'd rather pass a kidney stone than write another book. And so I said, well, I'll do it. And uh, never, I thought if they gave me a certain amount of time, I could certainly write a book by myself. Well, then they came, the publisher came back with a very short timeline uh, for a very big book called The Big Book of HR. And I realized right away that there's no way that I could do this on my own. And so I asked my friend Cornelia if she would be willing to work with me on it. And I do believe the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I had no idea about that. And Sharon Armstrong, I'm convinced, I think she knows every human on the planet by their oh, first I, name. I believe so. you're right. Yes, yeah. she does. Yeah. So that's great company to me. In fact, she is the one who introduced us, uh, right. which I am forever yes. grateful for. 
Yes. All right. So, so we need to, we need to talk about this book. So the difference for this book, I think the big book of HR was written for managers. Um, the audience of they did what I think is anybody who just is nosy and curious, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, this one is clearly for managers. And so it is called, and I've got to hear the decisive manager. And so when you open this book, it, it appears like you're, you're taking us down paths of what managers need to know. And so with those, I kind of notice you have questions. As you open up every chapter, there's a question. So when you were writing this, was that your intention to sort of make this a book that would answer the questions that we might not even know how to ask? And then like when I discover it, I discover there's five or six more questions that I didn't know I need to know the answer to, but thank God I do. How did you come up with this format? Well, I, I think it started, we had written another book a few years back called uh, The Manager's Answer Book. And that was, that really looked across the whole spectrum of management, not just the people management issues. And we've had successes with that book. It's been recognized. And then we kind of got the idea, well, maybe we need to do like a follow-up to that book that just focuses on some of the people problems, the, 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 the things that a manager will encounter. Um, and like you say, they, they don't even know what they don't know, or they didn't even know that this is something that could happen to them. So that, that, was, that was how we set out to write this, this book, The Decisive Manager. All right. Yeah. So when I look at this, I'm looking at the sections. So there's six sections here. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read them out here. So, and you know this, obviously, the authors. Finding and hiring the best talent, creating a positive employee experience, paying and rewarding employees, helping employees grow and develop, understanding policies and practices, ensuring graceful endings, and hiring boss builders to do my management training. Now, how did that get in there? How did that get in there? That, that actually isn't in there. But the other six are actually in there. Uh, what made you decide on these six as areas of focus? We really thought about the process of what 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 is important in an organization. First of all, you have to have the right people. Uh, nothing else matters. I, I say this over and over in the work that I do. It doesn't matter how good your product or services are. If you don't have the right people, nothing else matters. So that's where it starts. And then the, the next uh, section on the employee experience is where it really comes together, how you, how you treat your people, how you acknowledge what the work that they do, the whole experience from uh, engagement to development to retention all fits in the employee experience. And then some of the things that are, we've tried to look at what else is important. Obviously paying people is critical. Uh, and then uh, having policies and procedures and then the whole development issue, which we know is just huge. And then unfortunately, people don't always stay with you or they don't perform as well. So how do you, how do you end an employee relationship? And that's the graceful endings. So that was our thought process. Yeah, that really, I think that covers a lot of what people struggle with. How has the past three years of pandemic, virtual remote, return to office, quiet quitting. I don't know. Every week there's a new thing, right? There's a new buzz. I think people are just making these up just to get on yeah. media or something. Yeah. There can't be that many new things that have changed because, I mean, there are, but they're not. 
Right. So, so has that shaped a lot of what you are writing in this book or w would this be timeless regardless of that? I think a lot of it would be timeless regardless of that, because even when, like you get into an area like quiet quitting, it, it you know, get, is it anything new? Nah, not really. You know, when you really start to peel the layers of the onion away, it, it's just, it, it gets down to people want to be recognized. They, they want to be treated fairly. Um, they want to be treated as a human being and they want their their managers to, to recognize that there's there's more to them than just the person that shows up at work, whether it's physically or virtually, and, and does some stuff for the organization, that they're a human being too. And and they they've got other aspects of their life that, that they want um, they want acknowledged. Uh, you know, one of the things we did in this book is recognizing that you know, we're in this period right now where so much is still shifting. And I think while some of the dust is starting to settle on what we experienced during the pandemic, it's still not, to me, a lot of stuff isn't really done yet. We start to think about, is it going to be a hybrid workplace? Do we have to go back to the office full time? You know, we're, we're still wrestling with a lot of those different ideas. Um, but, but it's shifting. And that's why we, in each section, we talk about navigating the new workplace because there are some things that we'll probably never be able to go back to the old way of doing things. And, you know, whether, whether it's because of remote work or not, it's just there's better practices out there now that, that we've seen have, have begun to evolve. Well, I think some things are being created as a recreated as a result of it and and I think that it's really changed you know with my my daughter so my youngest is our last one and she's 24 and so she's worked at a large aerospace company since uh, she graduated in 2021 and she of course her senior year of college during the pandemic was remote and then her internship was remote and then she got hired remote and and I think that's what, I mean, she's somebody that wants to be in the office. And so mm -hmm. she's leaving that organization. She's going to another one that is in Texas. It's an airline that I won't tell you who they are, but they fly out of Love Field and there's no assigned seats. Okay, we that's all I'm going to tell you. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. number one, that is my airline. And that's, and like Allison at the interview said, that's been our family airline because we've always flown on my points. Oh, but here's my, here's my point. The point is, she has been welcomed and she isn't even there. Oh, I'm sorry, here's the train. Remember I told you the train came by? Mm -hmm. They knew you were on, that's why they came by. <laughs> All right, train's whistle's pretty much done. But anyway, she was not welcomed at her first job like this. She's gotten emails, her boss has personally <clears throat> called her, they sent her a, uh, they took a photo of her new business cards and texted it to her. Uh, it's just been, and she did a site visit and she got a tour. I mean, that employee experience I mean, you could say, look, I'm paying you. What more do you need? Well, you need more because no. nowadays people got a choice. It's not where, oh, my God, I'm so grateful to have a job. It's like, if I don't like this job, I can leave because everybody else is hiring and I might make more money. But that's my daughter's experience. Is that yeah. really important or are we no, going over it, the top? It is hugely important. And it's amazing to me how few organizations, how few managers really get how easy it is to do the kinds of things that, that you just mentioned that the airline that we're not mentioning by name uh, does to make people feel welcome. And that, I mean, I, 
we talk a lot about this in the decisive manager the time between when you hire someone and when they start is one of the most important times in anyone's employee experience because people are excited they've taken they've gotten to know you you have warmly welcomed them hopefully in the interview process and then there's a couple of weeks perhaps between when you accept the job and when you start that's the time for all of that great warm fuzzy stuff to happen mm-hmm. there's so many great ideas about things you can do i love the idea of taking the business card picture the business card and texting that because for an employee to see the company's name and their name on one document like a business card just can make all the difference in how welcome they feel. And so it's, yes, absolutely, it's important to the employee experience. People make very quick decisions whether they're going to stay with your organization or not. Very quick decisions. So get them before they start. Make them feel really happy that they they chose you, you chose them, and then let them uh, build on that as, as your onboarding process starts. Yeah, I'm excited for her because yeah, I can't wait to go. Hopefully, I'm going to speak at the the HR Southwest. It'll give me a chance to go to Dallas right. to right. see her. So now I'm looking for all these opportunities. Yeah. But I think for me, because in my line of work, I don't really get to see this part of it. I tend to show up, do management training, and gone. But you read about it, and then you hear about it. And when I saw her, and she was so excited to send the text to my wife and I, and I thought, wow, this is the way to do it. So you could contrast that, you know, like when I joined the military, like everybody's happy and excited. And once you swear in, the vibe changes. Like at that point, it's no longer, oh, we're so glad you're here. It's now we got you. Now we own you. And now you can't quit. So trust me, there was none of that. Uh, oh, here's a picture of your business card. Yeah, it was like the, 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 the fun ended right about the point you had put your hand down. And, but the difference there is that it's a captive audience and you're not there. I mean, you're basically there to defend your country. It's not that I'm going to be increasing market share of the Navy, right? It's totally different. But you take people and put them in your organization and expect them to function well. They need to feel like they're part of it. Otherwise, they're just a hired gun. So I love that. Here's another one I, I want to just go down and drill down a little bit deeper is helping employees grow and develop. And so you know, there's reasons, of course, people leave. And I know now they're leaving for more money or they're leaving to find themselves. But like in the case of my daughter, going to someplace to, you know, take career growth steps, um, why do managers not seem to be as diligent in this aspect of their job in your experience? I think they don't realize how important it is to develop their employees. You know, they they're, they're excited to find the right employee, as Barbara was talking about earlier. But then it's that, oh, I've got to keep you here, you know, mm-hmm. a, a little bit of that mentality that you were just talking about. Now you're my captive audience. But I think to, they, they have to recognize a lot of things that have, have changed. First, the workforce, because the younger employees, they want to grow and develop. <clears throat> they don't want to join you and keep doing the same job year after year after year. They want that opportunity to, to learn new things, which, which is great. Now you kind of get back to what we were talking about earlier with the learning organization. Give them that opportunity to learn and to use what they're learning within your organization. So you know, if, you're, if you invest a lot of time and energy into finding that person, 
continue to invest in them because it's going to be a lot cheaper to keep that resource around. And, you know, if you're giving them the chance to, to develop new skills, you know, to upskill, to keep in, keep up with the technology. And that that's what's causing a lot of people to, to leave because it's like, oh, there's a great opportunity someplace else. Um, and at the same time, the organization they're leaving may be struggling with some technology issues. So give them that opportunity to learn. Um, and they, they will stay with you a lot longer. Um, you know, I think the other thing that, that managers don't realize is the cost benefit that if you invest in some training and a lot of the training is not as expensive as it once was. You know, we always used to have to send people away to expensive conferences and these workshops. And there's so much that's online now that, you know, I, I've joked you could watch a webinar every day and learn something new mm -hmm. if you really wanted to. So, you know, and, and then there's things like micro learning that can be delivered quickly. And it's kind of that just in time training for something that people may need. But it, it really is a good way to, to not just engage your employees and, and have a good experience. It's to develop them and see them can continue to contribute to your organization. And, and Matt, can we just say that they ought to just call your organization and get some training right away for all their people, right? You well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that would, that's the right thing to do now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's, so what we've done is we've, we've made somebody feel very welcome. Uh, hopefully their manager is having career conversations. They see a career and growth path for them in your organization. And then it seems like just one day the fire's gone and, and now they're kind of going through the motions and performance begins to slip. And before you know it, it's time to let them go. Uh, you have your last section here is ensuring graceful endings. Why is that necessary? You're gone and you're gone for a reason. Why do I care how graceful the ending is? Because you're leaving an organization filled with people who you yesterday you worked with and today you're you're gone. The same thing happens when when organizations have layoffs, which we're seeing a lot of these days. How how people leave your organization impacts the people who stay. And that is one of the things that we really stress in their graceful endings is you want to make sure that anytime you're letting somebody go for performance reasons or perhaps because of a downturn in your business, that you do it as well as you possibly can, thinking about what's right for that personal employee, that employee personally, or that group of employees who are being let go. But also keeping in mind that the people who are left are the people that are going to keep your business going. And they don't like it if their friends and their coworkers are not taken care of as they leave the organization. So it's unfortunately something that many managers don't think about. They just want that person gone. Uh, but it, it's a, a couple of step process uh, about how, how we work with people to make sure that we have, a, we talk a lot about this, that if you set clear expectations with employees and then hold them accountable, You'll never have to lay anybody off or do any sort of development because they'll know what they're supposed to do. But that doesn't happen all the time. 
or performance issues, people have to leave organizations. But do it well, take care of people the way you should, and keep your organization going that way. You know, it's when I think back on 2008, 2009, which was the Great Recession. In fact, that's about the time I think I was introduced to Sharon Armstrong. We were yeah. living in the D.C. area, and yeah. we didn't see it quite as bad because the government didn't lay off, and the contractors yeah. that supported them didn't, and this, those that supported the contractors didn't really. But when I would travel, of course, you'd see, you know, I'd go to a organization, and all the rooms would be packed up and stuff boxed off because they were going to auction it, and it was sad and scary, but... One thing I remember was the real lack of graceful endings as people were laid off. And then worse, the people who applied for jobs would never hear back and it would take months. And meanwhile, I'm running out of my savings. And I think that when we had COVID and like now people were looking for candidates and they were complaining, my candidates are ghosting me, that was payback. And I mean, I hate to say it, but I think it was. I remember feeling I, I was doing some hired gun work with Lee Hecht Harrison and I thought god this is the way you treat people you'd lay them off by simply removing their password so they can't log in that's how you tell them or yeah. worse you hire me to come in and do your dirty job yes that's like hiring the guy to pick up dog crap you should do yeah. that yourself yeah. but here I am and so I see how that may have impacted employees like well mm -hmm. screw them now I got mm -hmm. the power well I think that's going to be shifting back is the graceful ending or lack thereof the reason we see this whipsaw back and forth of all of this extreme when it comes to hiring and layoff? I'm afraid we're going back to it now. Yeah, I, I think that's a part of it. And, and what managers and organizations don't realize, it's a PR issue. You know, the employee, <clears throat> excuse me, the employee who perhaps you have to let go for, for poor performance if you don't do it right, they're going to tell all their friends about it. And then you're going to have a harder time attracting people. So, <coughs> excuse me, that, you know, there is a cause and effect there that, that you really need to be thinking about. Yeah, well, my fear for that is that it establishes a reputation. This continues on. Yeah. And before you know it, every extreme, we already see extremes in most anything else. And the extremes are never the true measure. It's the emotion and the the, the stress of a thing. And, and so that's my fear for the workplace. And so my yeah. hope is that, you know, in, in terms of managers doing this, you have a lot of control over, I think, the next few years. And I think thinking about people as living, breathing humans instead of assets, you know, what was the old yeah. Henry Ford quote? You know, every time I ask for a pair of hands, why is there a brain attached? Or whatever. I don't even know if that's real, but I have read that. But I mean, that kind of specifies, you know, like I remember working a summer job. We need a body over there. Like, yeah. wow, you know, a body. That's great. Thank you. I'm yeah, a body. If, yeah. If if we could, uh, I could say one thing about how I'd like the world of, of business to, to be right now. And that is to treat employees like human beings, yeah. not just employees. Yes, you, you work for an organization, but you are still a living, breathing human being with a whole life outside of your job. And I think uh, really smart managers now are figuring that out, which is why flexibility has become so important, allowing people to have a life that they can have that fits them, not the organization. Mm -hmm. And if everybody does that uh, working together, uh, I think successful things are going to happen. Well, I'm excited for those things. Maybe it'll put me out of business and there'll be nothing for you to write about anymore. But 
the rest of the world would be a much happier place, I guess, wouldn't it? We say it all the time that which people would just behave and then we stop ourselves and say, but then we wouldn't have anything to write about. Mm, so. Sadly, I don't think yeah. I don't yeah. think people will ever, you know, start behaving. Yeah. So yeah. that's maybe the other piece of human nature. Well, well, speaking of graceful endings, let's let's bring our time together to a graceful close. But I do want to say this. If you are listening to this today, this is the ideal book for you to give in bulk to your managers. Uh, there is enough in here that number one is going to in it's going to educate them, but I think it's going to make your lives a whole lot easier as well. Let them read this. In fact, before they come, say, "Did you read section four? And then let them come prepared. So, uh, so Barbara and Cornelia, what is the best way for us to get a copy of this book so that we can get it out to our managers? It is available with every major bookseller: Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, you can get it through in independent book, bookstore sources as well. Uh, if you go to our website, the big uh, bigbookofhr.com, not the www.bigbookofhr.com, there's information about all of our books and there are links there um, that take you right to, to all the booksellers. So you have your choices on you know who, who you want to work with and who you want to support. And yeah, we do hope you go out and, and take a look at it and buy the book in bulk. That would be great. Absolutely. So uh, I just, I'll ask this and if it's nothing, you can just say, well, we're, we're processing it. Uh, is there another book in the works? <laughs> oh, we, we do not have one really in the works, but do we have ideas? Absolutely. Okay. That's good enough for me because that hopefully guarantees another session with the two of you. It's always a pleasure and I always enjoy it. Barbara and Cornelia, thank you for taking time out of your schedules today to meet with me. I really appreciate it. And if you are listening, get out there and get a copy of The Decisive Manager, get results, build morale, and be the boss your people deserve. Thank you both for being with me this morning. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy making them. I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show over the past few years, and I hope that you will continue to listen to us regularly. If you are a subscriber on any podcast app or channel, would you do us a favor and take a moment and leave us a review? We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you have the time, check out all the offerings we have on our website, which is thebossbuilders.com. We have every other month a Sherm Credit webinar that we present, as well as a ton of other events, not to mention our Art of the Great Boss and Art of Being a Great Teammate programs. More information on that site today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, may want to unbuckle that seatbelt. I think we just arrived at the gate. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well. <laughs>